Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, everyone? And thank you so much for dropping into another episode of the Path to Freedom podcast. This is episode 123. Today, my guest is Danielle Correa. And Danielle is the founder and CEO of Sugaring LA, which is a very exciting new franchise concept in the beauty space. Uh, if you're like me and we're not familiar with what sugaring uh, is, sugaring is essentially an alternative to waxing for hair removal. So Sugaring LA is the first sugaring franchise on the scene. Um, and I think the timing is really good for a concept like this. You know, everyone's familiar with waxing. It's, you know, been a go-to hair removal option for many, many years in the franchise space. You know, there's a lot of very established waxing concepts and, you know, they tend to be really solid business opportunities. And so sugaring is, you know, really a, a faster, more effective option than waxing. But what a lot of their customers really like about it too, is that it's all natural, it's organic, there's no chemicals. So it's actually much healthier for your skin. You know, everyone's skin, as Danielle shares in this episode, responds differently to hair removal. Uh, but with sugaring, there tends to be a lot less irritation of the skin um, and, and just an overall better experience for the customers. So sugaring LA is coming onto the scene as really kind of the, the first established brand in this sugaring space. Danielle shares with us that she has 20 plus years of experience sugaring. So I think one of the big attractions to, you know, franchisees or prospective franchisees with this brand is that she's got a very dialed in training process and and there is apparently a learning curve to you know the the as they call them in in their business the sugarist um you know really learning the proper way to uh apply this sugaring so interesting concept some some clear differentiators in the marketplace from a business model standpoint it's you know a minimal employee model um you know they're looking for only about a thousand square foot uh, location, maybe a little bit bigger than that, but still, you know, smaller than the vast majority of other brick and mortar franchise concepts out there. Um, and, and because of the way the sugaring product itself works, there's minimal waste. Uh, this is recurring revenue. You know, customers are going to keep coming back. They've got some membership options that they're planning to roll out. So a lot of other kind of key characteristics of the business model that, I know a lot of people are looking for in a franchise. So really cool concept. I learned a lot. Danielle's clearly an expert. I mean, I had no idea how much science, you know, was actually involved in uh, hair removal and doing it the right way. So really interesting episode. Enjoyed a lot speaking with Danielle and learning from her. 
So without further ado, let's drop in with Danielle Correa of Sugaring LA. Um, Danielle, thank you so much for dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, Wes. Um, so for for anyone in the audience that's a bit of a Neanderthal like myself and and is maybe not familiar with the concept of sugaring, um, give us kind of a, a quick explanation. What is sugaring? Yeah. So sugaring, we use a ball of lemon sugar and water and we warm it up and remove body hair with it. So it's basically an all natural organic method of removing body hair from anywhere on the body. So would you say this is an alternative to waxing? Yeah. I mean, it's probably the best alternative of hair removal that you could find. Um, it's because it's made of just lemon sugar and water. There's no chemicals. Um, it doesn't stick to live skin cells. It actually mm. like gently exfoliates the dead skin cells and then just removes uh, the hair with that. So it's really gentle. It's good for your skin. There's so many benefits to it. I could like dive in right now if you wanted me to. <laughs> well, I, let's definitely get into some of that um, because I think most people if they're not already familiar with with sugaring they are familiar with waxing but you know from what i've learned there there are some distinct differences and and advantages yeah. to sugaring over, over waxing um yeah. how did how did you get into this in the first place yeah so gosh 2005 i was looking for organic skin friendly products. I had so many skin issues, um, just with, you know, they don't teach you how to take care of your skin growing up, right? You don't learn it yeah. in school. Um, you don't understand like, why is my skin itchy? You know, uh, you know, you need to hydrate, right. But, mm -hmm. um, you're only given a razor, right. Growing up and some people get razor burn and they can't shave every day. And so I was like, how, what are the solutions out there? There has to be a better way. Uh, so I went to beauty school uh, in my early 20s and learned sugaring. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Why isn't everyone doing it? Right. And yeah, so I took a class outside of school. Someone came in and did a demo and uh, I loved it. And I was in school, so I, I was able to practice on all the girls at school. And, you know, I see us practicing waxing at school with this like hot wax pot with these like sticks we're dipping in yeah. and this cotton pellen, you know, and it's like, you can burn people with it wax. You can lift skin. There's so much waste. Um, you can only go over the area once or twice. And I was like, oh my gosh, the sugaring is amazing. It's literally a ball of caramel. You dip a gloved hand into the jar. You grab one ball you mold it on against the hair growth. So it's basically the opposite of waxing. So as we're molding the sugar paste on, it seeps into the hair follicle, wraps around the hair. And then when we go to flick, it pulls it in the natural direction. So it's the opposite of waxing. So it doesn't oh, okay. deform the hair follicle, doesn't break the hair. 
It doesn't stick to live skin. And then we reuse that same ball over and over and over on that area. So it's like, there's zero waste. It's super gentle. And I was like, okay, this is great. I love it. <laughs> and uh, when I graduated school, I, uh, I moved to Charleston, South Carolina, and it was kind of just a random move because I am from San Diego, California. Um, and I opened up a little place there called Sweet 185, uh, gosh, on the corner of like King Street and can't even remember the other street. It was so long ago, but uh, <laughs> it did great. I was the only sugaring person. It's in the South or it's like, it's so cute. It's sugaring. And yeah. <laughs> It did really well and it was just me and after two years i was ready to move back to san diego and i sold my business for like 50 grand you know and at like a 20 year old you're like this is amazing <laughs> um, so i moved back to san diego and uh and then i moved up to la in santa monica and this is when like yelp was getting started right okay. and yeah yeah <laughs> So I just started sugaring a little bit out of my apartment, playing beach volleyball, you know, just living the life. And it got, I got so busy. I, I was having like people lined up at like seven o'clock in the morning, every 20 minutes outside my apartment for like at your apartment, at my apartment. <laughs> and awesome. I would like take people in little, you know, 20 minute segments and just do Brazilians. And then I, you know, go about my errands and then I'd have a lunchtime crowd and then I have an evening time crowd. And <laughs> it was great. And I just got so busy word of mouth. And with Yelp, uh, I ended up getting a space around the corner on Montana Avenue. And uh, it was really just organic. You know, I, I was really busy. I was making good money. And I got so busy. I was like, I'm doing 20 people a day. I had to hire somebody. So I, I didn't grow up with a business background. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot as I went through this process. So sure. I, yeah. I would hire one person and then they'd get really busy. And then I'd hire another person and then I'd hire another one. And then we all got so busy. We moved into a larger space and, uh, and then, you know, people were like, please come open one. <laughs> over here like let's come open one over here because people would travel to come see us <laughs> and uh so then i opened one in manhattan beach mm -hmm. and then we opened one in carlsbad my mom actually went to esthetician school and uh, i taught her the trade and she opened our carlsbad studio okay. for me i lived awesome. in la <clears throat> it was really cool and uh and then we did west hollywood and uh and then the last one we opened uh 2020 was in Beverly Hills. So it's okay. been a every about every two years. Um, you know, just real organic growth. You know, we've we maybe put five percent, if that, into marketing ever, because it was such a word of mouth business. You know, one girl who worked over at Google would come in and then like the whole team would come in on their lunch breaks, you know, and that's a beautiful thing when you don't have to, you know, have a huge marketing budget. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, you know, it's funny because there's still so many people who do not know what sugaring is. Right. And, and, and we're in LA and they're like, what's sugaring, right. Where it's like, oh my gosh, everyone should be doing this. And 
once someone sugars, like they will never wax again. And then they're like, why isn't everyone doing this? And the reason is um, it's a skilled technique. And a lot of the people who do do sugaring, they're just busy on their own and they work in the back of a salon and they're happy. Um, and training and teaching is a whole nother thing to sugaring to mm -hmm. get people good at it. And that's something, um, you know, over the years I've just perfected after doing this for 20 years now. And, uh, you know, we've created like our smart sugaring technique that it's very different from the way other people teach or perform sugaring. Um, I don't like to like give the secret sauce away. Right. But sure. it's all about like the texture of the paste you're using is going to be comfortable for the client or not. Right. It's, mm. it's going to remove the hair a certain way, depending on the texture, depending on what hair type, um, the technique, your, the angle you're holding your hand, the motion you're flicking, it all matters with, it's like an art of hair removal. And um, we really want to set the standard for what sugaring should be like, because a lot of people go and get sugared somewhere and they're like, oh, it was painful. I had sugar everywhere, pulled my skin. Right. And you're like, ah, because so that's it just wasn't being done name. properly in, in those instances. Exactly. And I imagine and that's easy. a, I was going to say that's a, that's a huge value proposition for the franchise, right? Is, you know, you kind of perfecting this method over 20 years that, you know, you will now be able to teach to your franchisees and or yeah. their employees, um, which, yeah. which is always, you know, one of the biggest things that, that attract people to good franchise businesses, right. Is if you can help with that learning curve and um, oh, yeah. if there is some sort of a secret sauce there, right. Yeah. That's, that's always attractive. It's, it's key to sugaring and yeah. people, you know, will go somewhere else or they'll travel and be like, you know, there's no sugaring LA, but I found this place. It was terrible or this place was cheaper, but oh my gosh, they didn't do this. They didn't do that it hurt. It took 45 minutes, you know, they bruised me mm. and then they come back. So there's definitely, um, differentiators between us and, and other sugaring places. Um, I, I just really feel like quality control has always been number one for mm -hmm. me. Um, we also educate our clients. It's not just like, Oh, you're going to come in and you're going to go out because that's not going to give them the results they want long-term. It's all about educating our clients on why we're removing every four weeks, the different stages of hair growth, how important it is to hydrate and exfoliate their skin. Um, that's how we prevent ingrown hairs, why ingrown hairs happen. We have a product line. We've got about eight, nine products. That's great for everybody. They're all organic, they're gentle, they're antiseptic, anti-inflammatory with minimal ingredients. So it's for one, there's no other company that has their own product line that's organic that goes with it. We don't have six product lines for you have dry skin, you have oily skin. Like, no, our products work on everybody. It just depends on, you know, if if you're trying to hydrate a little bit more, if you're trying to, you know, exfoliate a little bit more, or mm -hmm. if you have hairs or if you're preventing them. Great. Uh, so we really tried to make it simple, effective and affordable because we want people to be able to use the products on their skin 
and not have to break the bank for that. They shouldn't have to do that. Sure. So it sounds like from a competitive landscape standpoint, you know, the sugaring industry is very, very fragmented at this point where, you know, most of the other sugaring options out there are going to be smaller kind of independent. Whereas, you know, it, it seems to me that sugaring LA is really kind of on the forefront of, you know, becoming the first kind of national brand yeah. that's bringing some, you know, some level of sophistication to to yeah. the industry. I say we're like the dry bar of sugaring. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really Definitely. good comparison. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of um, other places that sugar, a lot of them do other services. Um, so they're mm -hmm. not just doing sugaring and being a single service. That's all we do all day. So we're really good at it. And if you're waxing and sugaring, you're terrible at what you're terrible at sugaring because you would never offer waxing to people if you were good at sugaring. Um, it makes a big difference. And we also service men and women. And most companies don't cater towards men. Um, it, it's more female centric. Their branding, you know, they don't necessarily train their estheticians on how to work with male clients because we do service all body parts, right? Um, so that's that's a big part of our brand is making sure that we're inclusive, we serve everybody, and we're organic and sustainable um, using non-toxic products. What what would you say uh, the breakdown of clients is across your your corporate locations, mm -hmm. percentage wise, female to to male? I would say we have about. 15 to 30% male clients, just depending on yeah. what area West yeah. Hollywood, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. That's interesting. There's a, um, there's a waxing concept that, that, you know, I've worked with a little bit in the past. And I remember them telling us at one point that about 30% of their customer base were, were men, which was mm -hmm. kind of surprising to me, but I think it's important for, you know, people to understand if they're looking at, you know, something like sugaring LA from a business yeah. opportunity standpoint, it's not just for women. There's, there's plenty yes. of men that are, are interested in these services yes. as well. Especially with sugaring, you know, men tend to have thicker, just more, more hair in general and wax, you basically get to go and go get it once. And with sugaring, it's so effective because we can take this sugar paste and just mold on and off, on and off until we're able to really get rid of all the hair. So they don't have the little short hairs. They don't have hair breaking off. It's not lifting their skin. So it's much more gentle. I mean, it's much more gentle for everybody. It's safe for eczema, psoriasis. It's really hard to hurt someone, but having these differentiators, um, it's definitely appealing to men. Yeah. Well, I'll embarrass myself here for, for a minute. Cause uh, you know, I've got some hair on my back, right. And, and it drives my wife crazy. So initially it started out with like her getting one of the at home wax kits and, and trying to take it off herself, which she thought was good fun. <laughs> uh, you know, watching me like squirm or whatever, but you know, that never really did a very good job. And so, you know, then 
I've I've gone a few times. I haven't done it regularly, but you know, to an actual waxing place for for yeah. my back, but it it really um it really aggravated the skin on my back, you know, where I think yeah. you mentioned earlier, like raising the skin. I mean, I would have like bumps for days afterwards. Uh, yeah. Um, and it was a very uncomfortable, I, it wasn't even so much painful, but just like the skin was irritated and yeah. um, itchy. And it just, yeah. like, for me, it wasn't worth it. I was like, I'd rather no. just. Cause you're trying to have smooth, nice looking skin. Sure. And, and so for some people, um, we want to minimize irritation, right? And when you're pulling your hair out by the root, the first few times, there's like this big bulb and it has to pop through the skin, right? So that's why a lot of the time you get the little blood dots. But if you're pulling the hair with sugar in the natural direction, instead of tearing it backwards, much more calming to the skin very, very minimal blood, if any, right? And this is for, you know, the thick hair on the chest or on the back. Um, sometimes people get a little irritation the first time, maybe 20% the second time, because any hair being pulled out from the root the very first time on it, typically on a men's chest, if they're ir irritation prone, they'll get a little bit of it. Um, but we also have a nice calming mud mask treatment that we apply after, which totally calms the skin and helps minimize that. So, you know, that is the thing with men sometimes on the chest, sometimes on the back, and you just don't know, but we're always educating our clients. And if it, if it does happen, it's probably just going to be the first time and it's going to be pretty minimal. So, um, you know, it's one of the things with hair removal, everybody's skin's just a little bit different. Yeah. It makes total and sense. Some are totally fine. And some aren't, but sugaring for that, for people, you know, we used to get a lot of people, well, we still do, but when I was actually sugaring, um, who had horrible waxing experiences, horrible laser, they were like mentally scarred. And then they look for something that's like alternative, gentler. And so they come in like really nervous and scared and anticipating something you know, horrible. And they're like, Oh my gosh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as painful. And like, I'm so happy I found this. And for me, I loved that, you know, we, we could do Brazilians all day, but when you get somebody who has like hirsutism and actually has like hair conditions where their face is like growing almost like a beard, like a man, and you're able to sugar that for them and they can't shave because they get razor burn lasers not working waxing way on that face with that type of hair and they're just like crying like oh my gosh this is amazing and it's life-changing for some people um and i love that like it's just always been such a um rewarding thing for me is to be able to help people and i really feel like people who want to see a change in the industry for, I mean, 50% of consumers are now looking for organic yeah. products to put in their mm -hmm. skin. And it, we're just going in that direction. And I, I think a lot of people understand that and want to promote that as well. And then also help people in that process. So it, it is a great little niche for that. Yeah. Yeah. You made a comment earlier that I thought was really interesting. You said, you know, most, if not everyone, that tries sugaring never goes back to waxing, you know? And yep. so I think that 
that speaks volumes in terms of just the the benefits of the the sugaring approach. I'm curious, is there much of a difference in terms of frequency, um, you know, between waxing compared to sugaring? Is it still about the same frequency that someone would need to to come in? Yeah. So with sugaring, we're able to pull hair as short as a 16th of an inch. So your very first time you come in, we want your hair a little bit longer. So we're able to really give grip it well, because it's still like pretty strong. Um, but after that first treatment, anywhere from three to five, six weeks, depending on your hair growth, right? Everybody's a little bit different. It's typically always four weeks, but some people just want their hair gone all the time. So they can come in really frequently because we can pull really short hair and waxing cannot do that. And when you're pulling hair really short, you're, you're getting it in the antigen stage, meaning it's still connected at the root. And as your hair starts to grow, another hair starts to push underneath and that hair we're removing is detached. And the way that you get your follicle wall to collapse and close is having no hair sitting in that follicle. So if you're doing it real frequently in the beginning, you're going to get long-term permanent results and really refine and reduce that hair. So you do actually get a lot better hair refinement with sugaring than you would with waxing. As fat, I would have never imagined there's so much science behind removing <laughs> hair. Like it's, it's interesting. Um, and you're clearly no, know, know your stuff. Um, I mean, to me, it was just, you know, you're ripping hair out and then it comes yeah. back and you rip it out again, but there's, there's some real science to this. It's, uh, it's fascinating. Yes. If you're listening to this podcast, then there's a good chance that you're looking to create more freedom in your own life. There's also a good chance that you realize that owning your own business can be a great way to take more control of your livelihood and create more of that freedom that we're all looking for. Also, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you realize that I specialize in franchise ownership. In addition to owning franchise businesses myself, I have a franchise consulting firm, Path to Freedom where I help people navigate what is typically an overwhelming process of understanding franchising, identifying specific franchise companies that could be a fit, and then conducting the due diligence in a thorough and efficient manner with those franchise brands. My whole purpose here is to leverage my experience working for franchisors, owning franchises myself, and how we've been able to use that to create more freedom in our lives and help you determine if that could be a path that makes sense for you as well. So if any of this sounds interesting, if you've considered business ownership in the past, whether you've explored franchising specifically or not, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to learn more about you and what it is that you're working towards in your life and determine if I may be in a position to help. A great starting point is the link below in the show notes, which will take you to a short form to fill out and you'll receive a free copy of an ebook that I've put together, The Seven Steps to Freedom Through Franchise Ownership. That'll also get us connected and I'd love to set up an introductory call where I can explain a little bit more about the process that I use to help people determine if franchise ownership could be a great way to start charting their own path to freedom. So click the link below in the show notes, receive the ebook, and let's get connected. I'd love to hear from you. Definitely. So, so when did you get to the point where, you know, you really realized that you were onto something and, 
you know, you wanted to franchise the business and expand beyond Southern California? Yeah. Um, I would say it was really effortless for me in a sense to start these businesses and to get clients and the product really works for itself. Um, and before COVID, um, we rebranded and we were planning on a big expansion and then all that happened. We were shut down for like 11 months in LA. It was very difficult. Also HR, right. Having all the employees, I was like, this is a lot. And I've always mentored other sugaring friends Mm -hmm. who have sugaring places, one in Hawaii, one in New York. And they're always calling me like, Danielle, how do I get through this? What are you doing for this? What are you doing for that? And I love that part. Like I, I'm really good at it. I'm a problem solver and I love helping others and giving them advice. So when we were coming back from 2020, uh, I had to hire, I went from 50 employees down to six and wow. had to hire about, you know, 35, 40 to get back to where we are. Mm-hmm. And that was during where people didn't want to work. They yeah. weren't working. You're having differences in the workplace, right? It was really hard, yeah. but we did it. And it kind of proved to me like, dang, like I can do this. You know, if I just like anything I do, I put 110% in. So I'm oh, always yeah. like, what I'm going to put my energy into because then I got to maintenance it. Right. Yeah. Um, but if I can share that with others and help them and guide them and problem solve, um, if they have good business acumen, I think they will be really successful. Um, so I decided to franchise, uh, I think 2021 and we kind of, uh, started small doing it. Um, and we're going through the process. And then we met Franworth mm-hmm. and I was like, gosh, they're amazing. Um, I love doing what I'm really good at. And I have my, you know, COO and director of ops and really good at what they do. Right. And we all come together and it makes something wonderful. And I love that about that everybody at the company is really good at what they do. Yeah. And then they all come together. And I was like, gosh, this is great. They've worked in beauty. They have lash lounge. I like the team. Um, I really want sugaring LA to be everywhere because I want people to be able to get sugared everywhere they go. And they don't right now. We have people who come in from New York once a month. And they're like, I'm getting my sugaring appointment, you know? And even if they do have sugaring there, it's not sugaring LA. And our clients are very loyal to the brand, not just the sugarist or um, the service, right? They love sugaring LA. So for me, I was like, I just, we're going to do great. And if we, if we launch it and put it out there and we get the right franchisees, um, you know, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I, I get like these little itches where I'll be like driving through a neighborhood, you know, right now in like Del Mar. And I'm like, Oh, I see this empty space for rent and it's right next to this. And I want to do it, but I'm at a point where I'm like, no, 
I'm going to like help franchisees. And, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. So I'm ready for the transition of helping others and growing Sugaring LA, you know, all over the nation. So that, that was something I picked up on earlier when you were talking about how much you enjoy helping others and kind of coaching others. Cause I think that's something that a lot of times founders of companies, you know, and, and they decide to start franchising. They don't necessarily fully understand like how their role is going to need to change, you know, mm-hmm. from going to kind of like a, an operator of, you know, locations in your local area to really being that, you know, visionary, but also, you know, the one that's really mentoring and, and coaching these other franchisees. So I think the fact that you really enjoy that and and excel at it um, is good. And then, you know, the other thing I would point out is you mentioned Franworth, which, um, you know, has a lot of experience in franchising and and partnering and investing with brands. Um, I always tell candidates that, that I'm coaching, uh, you know, if you can find an emerging concept that, you know, like yourself has a founder, that's an absolute, you know, expert or leader in the industry, there's so many benefits that come with, you know, emerging concepts, right. Prime territory availability, just, you know, an opportunity to get in early on something. There's going to be so many more expansion opportunities down the road. Um, but if combined with that, you know, the, the founder of this emerging brand was smart enough to partner with some people that have really deep franchise experience that's the best of both worlds, right? Because yes, you know, lot, yeah, it, it really yeah. is be, because a lot of emerging brands, if the founder doesn't, you know, have this franchise experience yet there there's mistakes that are going to happen, right? As the system oh, grows yeah. and scales, it's very different. Well, the support. Yeah. yeah. The lack of support because that's they don't usually where the breakdown is support you. Yeah. And the yeah. training, you know, with, having Franworth and Repum, because, you know, we're working with Repum now and, you know, they have build them, scale them. Uh, you're you're going to get onboarded. You're going to have your real estate and construction. We have our supply chain and fulfillment from, you know, coming from Liberty Fulfillment in Ann Arbor. Um, we have our education and training. We have all of our platforms. We have our marketing operations. I, I mean, for me, having it so streamlined for franchisees, it's like a no brainer. Like I wish I had that, you know, like I had (laughs) that and I was as successful as I was, you know, or am, I guess, but, um, I'm excited for them. I I think it's going to be awesome. And, you know, I've always been a risk taker in my life. I, I don't let fear get in the way. I'm like, I feel it yes, it's going to work. So I feel like I'll be able to help a lot of people maybe transitioning from that corporate, you know, job security, financial, you know, paycheck every two weeks kind of thing to, to really getting out there and saying like, yes, I can, right? (laughs) Like I can have my own business. I can do this and it's going to be successful. And you don't doubt it because if you start to doubt it, then you're just going to put bad bad thoughts around it and energy around it. So, you know, being involved in your communities and being, you know, builders of 
whatever you're doing is going to be the same thing when you're going to open your own business and, you know, really bringing your team together and I'm excited for them. Yeah. It's, it's the, the partnership that, that you have with Fran Worth and, and Repham, I think goes a long way to, you know, reduce, reduce a lot of the risk that would typically be there you know, with emerging brands that are are just getting started. Um, and then again, combine that with your industry expertise and just everything you've learned about the sugaring business and how to teach it to other people. It, it really yeah. is, you know, a recipe for success. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the business model itself, right? So this is obviously a, you know, kind of brick and mortar storefront, type business, right? Customers are coming into a sugary in LA location yeah. uh, for these services. So how big of a location is, is going to be ideal for one of these? I Ideally um, a thousand to 1300 square feet. <clears throat> um, we're looking at four to six rooms. Um, a question that comes up is my studios are two and three rooms, right? And they're like, well, why are we going four to six? I wish I had four five, six rooms. Um, in the beginning, you're going to want, well, for one, I'm in LA, right? We're in prime, uh, rent, yeah, more square expensive. Foot. you know, yeah. I had to make it work for what I was able to do, um, Plus, you know, you have to figure out what kind of square footage is most available in your areas, right? It's going to vary. And there's not a lot of smaller footprints that are going to be able to work with um, yeah. what the kind of build out you need. But, you know, we don't have a break room and we need one. It's really important um, to have that space in the back. I wish I had a training room, right? Because when I'm training, if I'm doing advanced trainings, I don't want to have to block out a room that could be making money. Right. We want to be able yeah. to have that extra room for training. Maybe if somebody wants to add on a service and we didn't have them booked in, great. So and so is available and can do it in this room because I already have appointments. So having that flexibility, especially on weekends, you know, all three rooms are booked. So I can't grow. My numbers, they're here and I, I have no room to go here with them. Right. So uh, that's kind of why we, we did the model to four to six rooms and it's still a small footprint of, of a thousand to 1300 square feet. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Right. I mean, there's yeah. not many brick and mortar concepts that I work with that are under yeah. 2000 square feet that's needed. So that's, yes. that's really great. Yes, I agree. Um, and then we have about It'll be six to eight sugarists, um, three to four to start. Um, you know, our our team right now, we're open eight to eight. Some of our locations, seven days a week. On the weekends, it's nine to five, or I'm sorry, it's eight to four. So that is going to vary for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't want to overwork our staff, right? Eight hours sure. of sugaring. It's like a pitcher going out and pitching eight hour games every day, right? Arms going to get tired. Arms get tired. So <laughs> we do five and a half hour shifts and our weekend shifts are eight hours. But so we break it up and we have uh, two estheticians using one treatment room a day for five and a half hours each. So we found um, that works best for, so people don't get burnt out. We always have coverage if somebody calls in sick, right? You always, 
have these little variables that you want to be able to work with. Um, and then we have a, we have a front manager at the studio. Okay. So we do have a sugarist, uh, help out a little bit with checking out clients, answer the phones in those hours that maybe our manager is not there. They are there eight hours a day, five days a week. Um, and you know, as you grow or, or build, you can have, you know, more front desk staff if you, if you need mm -hmm. to, but you always want to make sure everybody is keeping busy. Right. So yeah. there's always, always work for someone to do. So, so with the, the sugarist are, I know you talked a little bit already about, you know, that this is pretty specialized, right. And, and takes some training, you know, for them to really know what they're doing and, and do it the right way. Are you looking, are, are you, or are franchisees going to be looking for, you know, sugarists that have some experience already, or are you guys able to kind of train them? Do they mm -hmm. need to be like licensed estheticians already? Like what are kind of the requirements yeah. for the, the sugarist? So they do need to be licensed estheticians or cosmetologist. Okay. Um, and we do get a lot of both. I, I would say because it's hair removal and it's chatty and you're engaging with clients, we do get a lot of cos cosmetologists as well. Um, and we are open to people coming to us with sugaring experience, as long as they are open and willing to transition to the sugaring LA smart sugaring technique, right? right. Because we yeah. want our clientele to be able to go with any sugarist and have the same quality of service, right? And just the change of a hand direction makes your sugaring experience different hmm. and can make it more painful, can make the hair not come out as well, right? So um, anyone will go through our training program who is a new hire if they came from sugaring experience. We love um, hiring out of right out of beauty school as well. I think that, you know, they're lacking a little bit in obviously client working with clients in a treatment room and, you know, yeah. teach, teach them more that bedside manner, but they're still in that learning mode of like, I want to learn new things and I can pick up this technique pretty quickly because I'm not, you know, too set in any one direction or habit. Yeah. That so, makes sense. Um, yeah. We're really, you know, we love, I started this because I love creating jobs and, you know, my studios, we offer healthcare to our staff. We give them PTO. Um, I always wanted to create a workplace that I would want to work at. Yeah. And that's how it was created. Like, okay, this is how I like it. So I'm going to roll this over to them. And these girls with this skill can go anywhere in the world and get a job and be able to support themselves. I always tell people like, we're going to teach you this amazing skill and everybody wants growth. I understand that. And if you get to a point where you're feeling burnt out and you don't have growth or you want to do your own thing, just be honest, right? Let's talk about it. And you don't solicit to our clients, go, go do the hard work. And if you want to start your own thing, you build it from scratch. Like we did. Yeah. Um, and as long as, you know, you just keep that open communication and really treat, treat your staff as you would want to be treated. Um, I think you'll go a long way. I think that's a great, great philosophy and a great way to look at it. I think, um, you know, doing the right thing by your employees and, and really putting them in a position where, 
uh, they feel valued and they feel like, you know, they have growth potential um, and, and then just good open communication. It's, it's the right way to do it. Right. Because you won't have yeah. as much turnover. Um, yeah. You know, you'll have good, good loyal um, employees. So couldn't agree more. I'm curious uh, with the franchise owners um, and, and I realize you guys are, you know, still fairly early into this, but, you know, are are you looking for franchise owners that are going to, you know, be working in the the locations themselves? Is this more of, you know, what I always refer to as an executive model where, you know, the owner's not necessarily in the location, they're more kind of big picture focused. What is sure. what is kind of the role of the owner yeah. meant to be? Um, we definitely, you know, if they want to be semi-absentee owner operator we're okay with that. Um, I think, you know, making sure they're choosing the right manager who's going to lead the studio, you know, if, if they're going to be more absentee than not is very important. Um, you know, hiring employees that represent the brand and, you know, just embracing our ideals of community and authenticity of what we represent and making sure that the staff represents that as well. Um, you know, being involved in the community so they're able to network. Uh, it's always important. Um, obviously have like good business acumen and be able to, you know, tr track key performance <clears throat> indicators. Um, just really representing the brand in, in the community on a daily basis, I yeah. think is important. You know, it's for me, it's always, I think for the first few years, when people would talk to me about franchising, I was so like, no one's going to do it like me, right? Like there, yeah. you know, what happens if, you know, it's not going to be exactly, but that's okay. Right. We're all different and it, yeah. and it can be a little bit different, but as long as they like, harness the brand essence of the foundation of sugaring, which they will learn mm -hmm. in the training and with everything that encompasses it. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be, um, I think that's always one of the hardest parts of, of scaling a business, whether you're doing it through franchising or just, you know, building out your team and, and learning yeah. to delegate, I know in in the businesses my wife and I own, that's especially for my wife, always been one of the hardest things. Right, is is yes. giving up a little bit of control and and just getting comfortable yes. with the fact that hey, someone may not do it exactly the way I would, but um, that's okay as long as, like yeah. you said, the the general uh, you know essence is is still kind of there. So um, yes, and I've learned to like. I think COVID taught me how to give up control. <laughs> Cause I, you know, you just had none with what was happening and like yeah. you couldn't operate. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to focus on the things I'm really good at. And it's, it's helping others like be successful and, you know, and keep in mind going. And um, so it was, it's interesting always, right. What's born out of those hardships. Yeah, it absolutely is. So from, from a business model standpoint, um, is this is this a membership based where you know customers are just paying a monthly fee and that gets them yeah. you know a certain number of sessions or what what does that kind of look like? So right now we 
we have a somewhat of a membership model. Mm -hmm. um, and it's basically you get 15% off when you rebook your service the day of for your next service. Okay. And that could be any service. And we've always done that. Um, our, our new client special is, um, I think two for 69 for Brazilian. So it's kind of buy one, get one free. Your first service is always going to be the most uncomfortable for one. They're nervous Two, you're, you know, you're working in the nether regions. If they've never had their hair removed, it's just like, <laughs> you know, intimate and private and it can be painful. And then the second one is like yeah. a million times better. So they know they have a free service to come back and they do. And they're like, oh my gosh, this was so much better. And, and that's what kind of like, hooks them in. They're hooked. Yeah. yeah. And but we are very excited because we did actually just create a, um, a membership model that is a little bit more, um, streamlined. So we will have a membership for, um, Brazilian, Brazilian and legs for a manzillion, a manzillion and shoulders. And then we will have some packages where it's by three, um, or by six and, you know, you get 10% off or 20% off as well as giving discounts on our products and additional services. So our membership model, which is our most, we do mainly Brazilians or a form of it, right? A, a bikini or extended. <clears throat> so that'll be $65 per month. Um, and you'll get one per month and, and then they will get 20% off additional services and 20% off products because okay. we really want them to use the products and people love adding on services. A lot of people get their underarms or their belly or their upper lips. So um, we're excited. We're actually rolling that out, uh, May 15th in the LA studios. So, yeah, that's exciting. So for, for those listening, you know, this is all, I, I think very important, you know, when you're looking at, you know, kind of the business model and, and the opportunity here. So you've got, you know, recurring revenue, right? This is the type of, yep. of service where people are going to be coming back for it, right? You've got the membership component, You've got multiple revenue streams, right? Because like you said, the the Brazilian is, you know, maybe what brings most people in, but then you've got, you know, these kind of additional services that people can opt in for. Yeah. And then yeah. the other thing I love here is the the product line, right? So how how big of a component is the the product? And are these I, I'm assuming this is not like product where they would buy the sugar and take it no. home to do themselves. No. This is just other skincare products. Correct. Yeah. We do have a at-home sugaring kit that was born during COVID when people couldn't come and get services. Um, but we don't teach the hand technique. They have um, reusable sticks, reusable strips that are biodegradable um, or like a little card thing that they can remove the hair themselves with. But it's really good for just touch up or like a couple bikini hair stragglers or your, your underarms, not giving yourself a Brazilian. It is, sure. it is not easy. Yeah. Um, so we do have that as an option, but our product line is mainly um, every single person should be moisturizing and exfoliating their skin. I mean, whether you're doing hair removal or not, right. It's just like, you want to slough off those dead skin cells because as we get older, they build up and we don't get them off. Right. I'm laughing. So, Cause I'm just, I, I never do any of that. I'm so bad. At I know. That. <laughs> right. So I get it. Right. Um, so the sugar technique does exfoliate the dead skin cells. And then when you're done with your treatment, we usually put some nice light rose oil on and we hydrate the skin, but in between your services, 
um, you need to be removing those dead skin cells because if they start to build up and you are dry, your hair follicle starts to get tight. So now you have dead skin cells that are built up. You have a dry, tight follicle and you have a hair that's coming in really thin and fine that cannot break through the surface of the skin. That is why some people get ingrown hairs, right? Uh, so if you're exfoliating them off and you're lubricating that follicle, your hair glides through and you have nice, beautiful, soft skin. Mm. So it's all about educating each client so they understand that. Um, and we want them to be using organic, gentle, non-chemical products on their skin, especially on their lady parts, you know, or man parts. Sure. Um, so that is a big thing for us is um, most clients walk away with two products their very first visit because they need them. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing to me how many, not even just skincare, but you know, like shampoo and body wash and deodorant and just all of this stuff out there on the market, you know, leading brands are filled with chemicals and just non-natural crap. And like my wife and I started paying much more attention to this when we started having kids, right? Yes. And it it's very, very difficult for most consumers to even really understand like, what's okay and and what's not um, because of the marketing that some of these companies are allowed to get away with. Yes. Even the word, you know, like natural foods, they've like ruined yeah. that word for everybody because they still lie and and put chemicals in. And you know, just like we we use cornstarch for our powder to help soak up any moisture on the skin. Some people are still using baby powder. You know, when there's literally like lawsuits that have like Johnson Johnson lost because it was giving people cancer, you know, yeah. down and down there. It's like, yeah. so really being product conscious and we really educate our clients about products and why we don't put certain chemicals on our skin, what certain chemicals are like, what, what are parabens? You know, these are all like crappy fillers for products for huge, you know, conglomerate companies to just fill products and sell them, you know, yeah. and we don't do that. That is literally like all of our products are, are made, um, here in LA at an amazing facility. And, you know, they were even handmade before that. So we've evolved. So now having a company making them, you know, and they source the highest quality ingredients, you know, and they're, they're testing the rose petals that come in for any pesticide. Um, so it, it's That's really awesome. neat. Yeah. yeah. When it yeah. sounds like another big, big, uh, attraction to this from a business model standpoint, I would imagine this has a, a positive impact on the margin potential, right? But is the fact that there's so little waste with, with this. And again, if you compare that to waxing, where it sounds like there is a lot more waste, I, I'm sure that, you know, has a negative impact on your margin margins. If you're in the waxing oh, yeah. business. It's, it's incredible. I mean, for us, you know, you can do one tub of sugar, you know, is around 20, $25 and it can make you $1,200. You know, it's, it's incredible. We have no sticks. We have gloves. And before COVID we had biodegradable gloves, but then when gloves were like not possible to get, you yeah. know, it, like, yeah. we're like, like, okay, gloves okay. And toilet paper. You couldn't get it. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have to like, we're just going to have to deal with the gloves not being biodegradable. 
And then you have to like recycle them a certain way. And there's just a lot to it at the time as well. So um, I am so proud that we have very, very, very minimal waste. Um, I think it's amazing. And there's no reason to be, there's no double dipping. There's no bunch of sticks and throwing them out. There's no waste of all this cotton. And the only cotton we do sell is in our sugaring kits and you can wash it and reuse it because sugar dissolves with water. So after a sugaring treatment, when you're all done, we have a warm towel cabinet and then we put the warm towel on and any sugar residue comes right off. So you're never going to leave sticky because um, I know that's a huge complaint for people who get waxed. Yeah. Well, this is all fascinating. And like I told you earlier, I never imagined there was so much um, science that that goes into this. But it's it's very clear to me that you're you're an expert when it comes to sugaring. And I'm excited that Sugaring LA is now an opportunity that aspiring entrepreneurs can can look into. And, you know, I, yes. I'm sure it's only a matter of time before Sugaring LA is all over the country um, yes, I can't wait. And I'm yeah. I'm excited to be able to work with, you know, the first ones coming in because, uh, you know, that's what I love to do and uh, getting getting to meet them and see their spaces and helping them just be successful. Yeah, well, it's going to be a fun ride. I have no doubt that um, things are going to get very, very busy for you here um, shortly, but Danielle, really appreciate you making time. Where can people connect with you? Where can people learn more about Sugaring LA, whether that's social media, websites? Where Where's the best yeah. place for people to, to connect with you and Sugaring LA? Yep. Um, our, our website is www.sugaringla.com. And there we have all of our handles and Instagram. We definitely are active on Instagram. We have a beautiful Instagram um, and we are my email. You can email me directly. It's Danielle, D A N I E L L E at sugaring LA.com. Um, so yeah, you can, you can email us at sugaring LA. You can email me. Um, all the links are there. We'll put a, we'll put all the links in the show notes, uh, to make it easy for people to find. But, um, again, really appreciate you dropping in here on the the podcast i'm excited to um you know help you guys get some exposure i think it's a really interesting concept and um it's going to be a great great opportunity for a lot of people awesome thank you wes Thanks you're very welcome That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at path2frdm.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in. Thank you.